morning, David. Good morning, Deb. It's good to be with you again to um, share with everyone our journey in terms of stewardship and our commitment to stewardship. We are part of a church where we grow and develop, and I'm reminded that we started off uh, knowing each other when we were both members of council. And then we transitioned into the work that we share with Grace Speaks, which is our anti-racism um, committee. So in talking about stewardship, we share that bond and we share that uh, expression of our faith. In the conversations that you and I have shared so far, we talked about how we learn to give. So for myself, I began pretty, and I'll be frank, pretty indifferent in, uh, to the idea of pledging, not indifferent to giving, but pretty indifferent to the idea of pledging. And that came from how I was brought up. I was brought up in the church, but uh, my parents only had an elementary school education, which determined the kinds of jobs they had in the South, the Jim Crow South. Um, my father was a heavy-duty equipment uh, operator. He drove cranes and trucks and things of that nature. And when money got tight, uh, my mother uh, took a job as a domestic or she mopped hospital floors or cleaned offices. So we always gave, but we gave to the offering plate. We could not afford to tithe. And to make the commitment to tithe and not be able to fulfill that as a pledge to God was totally inconceivable to my family. So for me, stewardship took on the form of whether I give to the offering plate, which I thought was adequate, versus thinking about how to pledge. How about for you? Well, like you, Deb, my family growing up informed my sense of giving. Um, our extended family network had both physical and mental health challenges. My mom's family was from rural Vermont in New Hampshire, where economic opportunity and resources were very different from the suburb suburban Connecticut reality of my childhood. So my parents were fortunate to have jobs in public service, in education and healthcare, and their work included working with individuals and communities where economic food, housing, and security were daily realities. And their giving was very much a kitchen table conversation that we had every year with my sister, myself. And it was a threefold approach. We thought about giving through our local United Church of Christ in Milford, Connecticut, where I grew up. But they also supported local social service agencies through funds. And they also gave to our family and friends who were oftentimes in need and were in crisis. And so that threefold giving and thinking about our stewardship was an important part, but we gave always first and foremost through our church. And I continued that approach in my own giving as a member of Old South, through my work with local social welfare organizations, and through individuals in my own family members that I come across who are in crisis. And I learned, like you, that um, you know, we have to think on an individual basis. And so for some of us, it may be about a pledge or a tithe. And for others, it may be an incremental giving in the offering plate where we're making a relationship that grows. And for me, part of what I'm aware of is this year is that we're thinking also about the reality of COVID. And for me, I'm very aware that I'm in a position where I can give both more 
and in a pledge basis. And for me, part of that is even thinking about how do I deepen my relationship with God and with my neighbor. And Old South Church is one of those places where I can expand that nature of my commitment and my love both to God and neighbor through my giving. So what, you're, uh, what I'm hearing you say and what resonates with me is the whole notion of giving as an expression of my faith. I give in proportion to who I believe God to be to me. And my faith in God is the belief that God is um, the one, the truth, the, the life, the breath that I have that enables me to earn a living. I don't believe I earn a living simply from the sweat of my brow, that in order to get up in the morning to put my feet on the floor requires good health. And my good health, my faith is, my good health comes from the Lord, the bread of life, the living water. And as I don't believe that I am going to give to God out of what I consider I can spare, I'm going to give to God according to what I believe he deserves. So as I think about this stewardship season, I so love the metaphor of the Magi to be able to resonate with that image of me bringing my gifts. Mm. So I ramped up from simply limiting my giving to the offering plate to making the pledge. How did you ramp up your giving? Well, you know, it, it makes me think as you're talking about this idea of um, relationship and community and, and not out of um, sort of keeping to ourselves. And I realized that my own giving is about moving from a narrative of scarcity to a narrative of abundance and trust. And I think that the media and the world around us can often make us feel tight. And part of what this stewardship uh, season is making me think is how do I become more open-hearted and move from that narrative of scarcity to abundance? And so for me, it is thinking about relationships and community. It's about thinking, where can I see the love of God and Jesus growing in my life and in the world? And like you, Deb, I'm of an age where I've gone through the full cycle of joys and sorrows, success and failures, and I can grow complacent in my giving. And even this idea of thinking about how COVID again has sort of changed my thinking. And I'll share, and I shared on Thursday night that one year ago this week, I lost my sister-in-law to COVID. Sarah was 60 years old, and she was someone who was so important in the life of our family. And I and my husband, Sean, experienced the incredible love of God from here at Old South in cards and phone calls sent from staff and members of this church. We found comfort and strength in prayers and preaching and music each week at Thursday jazz and here at Sunday morning worship. And I'm even aware that in the midst of our great loss and sadness, the work and witness of Old South's ministry of justice, mercy, and beauty continued. Like a great ship of faith on a stormy sea, Old South sailed on. It kept us safe. It kept us moving forward when we needed it most. And so I find myself asking this question, who and what do I put my faith in? And as I look across the arc of my life, 
I am seeing more and more that Old South for me is that place where love, mercy, justice, and beauty grow. Since we are in this uh, season of celebrating Dr. King, uh, there are a couple of quotes that um, you reminded me of in terms of the conversations that we've had that I would like to um, share right now. One of the things that Dr. King warned about when we talk about faith is that our faith should not be an anemic faith. I don't want to be associated with that concept whatsoever. So when I give, I step out on that faith generously and willingly with my whole heart. And here is what Dr. King said about uh, the church as a collective idea, as opposed to the single individual. And I think about the collective in terms of impact. What can the collective do in terms of impact versus a single individual? And here is what Dr. King said. Any religion that professes to be concerned about the souls of men and is not concerned about the slums that cripple the soul, the economic conditions that stagnate the soul, and the city governments that may damn the soul, is a dry, dead, do-nothing religion in need of new blood. That is not this church. And th that is not this church because of how we give and how we are the presence of God in the world. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, how about you? Yeah, I, I, like you, uh, spent this past week in our conversation and then in my own reflection going back to the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And I found this one phrase that he said that we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And I've been thinking about all of the ways that through my giving and generosity and from the gifts that God has given me that I expand this circle of justice and love and mercy and beauty through our work with Snowden School next door across the alley in our mentoring program, through our work with Greater Boston Interfaith Organization to address issues of community life and local policy reform, particularly around criminal justice. And for me, I think to myself, how is it that I can understand that I am spreading this love and blessing from my own life to a larger circle in collectivity with so many other good folks who are friends and members of this church. And for me, that is how I see myself growing in my own love and faith, in my living and giving both of my days and of my dollars. Love you, David. Love you, Deb. Thank you for the blessing of this, and thanks to our friends here at Old South Church who give us inspiration during the living of these days. Amen. Amen. Amen.